Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello and welcome to the second part of our podcast episode on fixed income investing. My name is Rishabh Saxena and I am the head of investment specialist Asia Pacific at Julius Baer. I am once again joined by Mark Blunier, head of investment promotion and solutions, talking to us from Zurich. Hello Mark, it's great to have you back. Thank you Rishabh, looking forward to today's discussion. Mark, in the first part of this episode, we discussed the current fixed income environment and its implications for investors' portfolios. Today, we will be exploring some of the investment opportunities. Anyone who has been tracking fixed income markets over the last decade is surely tired of hearing that yields are low. However, it is interesting to see how the situation has changed rapidly in the past couple of months. With interest rates starting to rise, it looks like the income is finally back in fixed income. While existing bondholders have taken a beating on their returns, the silver lining is that yields are much more attractive for those looking to invest. Mark, could you help our listeners understand how they can position their bond portfolios for this rising rate environment? Sure, Rishab. Very happy to do Given the current macroeconomic backdrop, I believe it's critical for investors to remain active and flexible in their investment approach. The days when the average holding period of a bond was at least eight years and investors purchased the bond and just hold it until the maturity, these days are over. And that's why we really try now to preference like high quality bonds with rather short duration up to five years, and in some cases even floating rate exposure. The preference of a moderate duration comes from the fact that the portfolio with a shorter average duration will be much less sensitive to interest rates while still providing, from my perspective, a very decent yield. At the same time, floating rate securities linked to a short-term benchmark will move in line with rate increases making them a good investment vehicle. Good to hear your thoughts uh, on that aspect, Mark. But if you were to recommend a particular segment at this time, which one would that be? I think corporate bonds from developed markets should perform well. Corporate bond prices have underperformed their government counterparts in recent months. And with the credit spread widening, current risk premium adequately reflect the expected risk of tighter monetary policy, but as well on further supply bottlenecks. The beauty of investing in credit now is that it provides plenty of caution for investors should bond yield rise further. So within this corporate bonds from developed markets, do you have any sector preferences, Mark? Yeah, we like the crossover space. It seems that This is the sector and the segment which is attractive. Investors can opt for a combination of the lowest quality investment grade bonds and the highest quality of high yield bonds. Diversification, of course, will remain important. Yeah, I totally agree with the need for diversification in investment portfolios, Mark. 
However, for someone who's not familiar with the complexities of bond markets, what would you suggest? Yeah, it's uh, really not straightforward and it's understandable that investing in fixed income markets is usually very challenging because it's very complex. And even now, with the trinity of rate hikes, inflation and war, it even gets more complex. I believe that actively managed solutions like bond funds can be a good option for such investors. Moreover, flexible fixed income strategies that can invest in the full investment spectrum are generally less correlated to traditional fixed income markets and offer diversification benefit. What we see as well is that these strategies are more nimble when central banks are normalizing their monetary policy. Let's now move on to some more specific opportunities, Mark. Starting with European fixed income, what are your thoughts on this segment? Yet the bond market in Europe continues to be influenced by the Ukraine war and higher energy prices. Higher input costs will definitely weigh on various business models given the exposure to Russian energy sources. Less profitable business will face greater challenges to raise capital. Although default rate projections remain manageable, they are trending in Europe upwards. We therefore advise reducing the risk load in this region. Mark, we've had a lot of issuance in, in banks subordinated debt over the last few years. Any inputs on this segment of the fixed income market? Yeah, actually, we like the European subordinated bank sector as it's comparatively low in the capital structure, i.e. it comes later in line during repayment, it offers additional yield. And this yield has moved up significantly this year in line with the broader market trends and are now comparable to other credit-sensitive segments such as the high-yield space and emerging market bonds. European banks are highly capitalized, as you know, Rishab. And if Europe is weakening and the Ukraine war gets even worse, we would expect good support by the European government, the same as we have seen during the COVID-19 shock. Talking about support from governments, uh, what do you think, Mark, about government debt itself? Any opportunities there? Yes, as well there. If you compare like different government debts, we currently prefer peripheral government bonds, such as government bonds from Italy and Spain, due to the yield advantage they provide over government bonds from Germany, for example. And we believe that the spread provides sufficient cushion for the risk. But turning back to you, Rishab, do you think it's a good time to invest in Asian credits? Asia, like the rest of the world, has faced its share of challenges. But there are pockets of opportunity. On the back of higher US Treasury yields and some widening in credit spreads, like elsewhere, our preference in Asia also is for moderate-duration bonds from high-quality investment-grade issuers. For those with higher risk appetite, there are selective opportunities in Indonesia and India high-yield bonds as well. And we also hear a lot about emerging markets because it's observed that when the US is facing inflationary problem, emerging markets are suffering. For example, higher interest rates in the US make investing in emerging markets less appealing. Is that the right thinking or a wrong thinking, Rishab? Well, Mark, when you look at investor appetite for emerging market debt, 
it continues to remain dampened. Headwinds from various factors such as the slowdown in economic activity in China and the impact of steeper oil prices on some vulnerable economies continue to weigh on emerging market bonds. While we remain neutral on the broad emerging market debt complex, similar to what I highlighted for Asia earlier, there could be selective opportunities in moderate duration US dollar denominated investment grade bonds from countries with a relatively stronger balance of payment situation. Moving gears, let's now look at some alternative strategies. Many investors are increasing their exposure to alternative investments in a bid to diversify their portfolios and generate higher returns. What do you think about such strategies, Mark? Yes, Rishabh. I think alternative funds can provide a new perspective on the dilemma that fixed income investors face today. Instead of taking on disproportionately high level of credit, interest rate or duration risk to get to the desired yield, investors can consider hedge fund and long-only alternative credits as part of their diversified portfolio. To provide you some insight here, a portfolio of hedge funds has been able to deliver returns at the volatility which is similar to a diversified credit investment without depending on the decade long interest rate rally for excess return generation. But watch out, investors should note that hedge funds come with their own set of risk, including, for example, tail risk and liquidity risk. Interesting. Mark, there's also been talk of alternative yield. Could you throw some light on this aspect? Yeah, we refer alternative yield to alternative credit, which is another option for clients who already have experience in investing in lower quality high yield bonds. Contrary to hedge funds, alternative credit solutions such as private credit, leveraged loan, direct lending are typically long only. Investors receive a certain illiquidity premium in addition to the typical spread earned for a comparable traditional credit risk, such as a normal bond. However, with such strategies, you need to have patience, an open mind, and the risk appetite to stick around. That's true, Mark. Patience is key when you look at such investments. I believe higher rates also present opportunities in structured products with simple payoffs, such as floating rate notes with a cap and floor subject to the issuer's credit risk, which can be mitigated by selecting high investment-grade issuers. With that, we have reached the end of today's episode, Mark. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yes, sure. I would conclude by saying that the return outlook for fixed-income instruments has not been brighter for several years. With inflation expected to go lower over time, I believe now, it's definitely an attractive entry point for investors who have been sitting on the sidelines, as well as a good time to rebalance your portfolio. Thank you, Mark. I totally agree with that. Dear listeners, that's all we have for today. We hope you enjoyed our two-part episode dedicated to fixed income and found the discussion helpful. On behalf of Mark and all our colleagues at Julius Baer, thank you for listening and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. 
If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.